Hi and welcome. This is Daily Dose Danny, episode 26. Here we define our lives by following our dreams, side hustles or our full-time startups. We share stories from passionate women building their dreams with a community challenging the 9 to 5 lifestyle and social norms. If you can dream it, you can do it. Speaking with Kitty Wong today, where she paints nostalgic food and fashion illustrations here in Hong Kong, having worked with clients such as Tiffany & Co, Apple, Dior, she shares her story and moments that made her. So hi Kitty and thanks for joining me on the show. Please tell us more about yourself. Hi Danny, thanks so much for having me. So my name is Kitty N. Wong and I'm an illustrator here in Hong Kong. So I'm most known, as you said, for fashion and food. Um, so you might have seen my work from one of my most popular illustrations is the Hong Kong street food illustration. And it's filled with uh, colorful illustrations of my favorite Hong Kong street foods. So such as uh, fish balls on skewers, egg waffles and milk tea has a, a little like little personal description of like what I think about each food and like my memory of each one that's amazing and where where can we see this beautiful illustration of Hong Kong local food so I am stocked in a few stores in Hong Kong so uh, chat uh, is the museum in Chunwan the like textile museum and also in the Hong Kong design gallery you can find it there um, but if not you could just easily see it on my website, on my Instagram, um, at Kitty and Wong. Amazing. And tell me, so was this one of the first illustrations you did? Or tell us about the first work you did and you were actually paid for. Yeah, well, I wish that was the first work I did. So that one I made, so the Hong Kong Street Food illustration I made about like five years ago. But I've been working as an illustrator for, illustrator for like seven years. And like, it kind of took me a while to kind of get um, like, find my style and kind of start making images that I, I felt like really resonated with me and also um, connects with other people. Um, so your question was um, like, what was the first illustration that I got paid for? Right. Yeah. So that's an interesting question. Cause as a creative, like there's a lot, of, I think there's a lot of pressure to like work for free and work for trade when you're starting out. So um I think that is fine as well, but like you have to be kind of strategic about it. So I think one of my like first like illustration jobs um, was for a woman named Paula and she had a clothing brand at that time and she also ran some events and then she asked me to create a, a Mexican Day of the Dead illustration for an event that they were having and for trade for this illustration, she invited me to the party and um, like she's just like a super amazing supporter of my work after like after I met her through that um, yeah so and her it was it was like a great a great trade because at the party I met a few other people who uh, would also commission work from me but like with cash so that was great that's amazing I totally know the the frustration as like a creative person you do so much pro bono work yeah. just to sort of get your name out there and then eventually you get paid and it's not yeah you know, and it takes so much time to grow it's like it can yeah. be really frustrating but at least it's like you say it's good for networking and it's great you got mm -hmm. other opportunities through that for sure yeah so you mentioned you've worked with some really big brands what has been your favorite collaboration that you've worked on I think my favorite one I worked, uh, the project I did with Apple. So 
it was it was for like their event called Today at Apple. So I ran a like a live workshop and sharing session with them. And I love it because it was a challenge for me. I don't do a lot of public speaking and it's like something that I really want to work on. And then I felt like with their event, I just really got thrown into the deep end. So it was to like a full audience at their Causeway Bay uh, flagship store. So um, I was like standing in the stage there, like presenting my work and um, teaching people how to paint. And it was like, like at first it was just so terrifying. And then they put a mic on you and then the mic was like, like bouncing back this my voice and I, I couldn't it was so like terrifying and then um like as like I kept like speaking and like the people were interested like it was such an amazing energy and it, yeah it was just it was just so cool that like I was able to like meet this challenge and like grow from it exactly I feel like public speaking is actually something that a lot of people think is easy but it's really mm. not it's hard to be really good at public speaking it's a yes. whole other skill <laughs> yes yeah and then people always say like oh but you seem like you would be really good at that but it's like it's different when you get up there it's just like oh it's it's like a like my anxiety just rises <laughs> oh god I can imagine yeah I mean mm-hmm. I I don't mind like speaking in front of smaller groups but mm. larger groups I get really nervous yeah I, feel, I wish like we had more training at school just to learn how to better present ourselves publicly like with For public sure. speaking and stuff yeah. like that actually in my elementary school we did do like speeches that was like one of the like modules at our class so we had to like research um like a topic that we wanted to like present on and then we like presented on it and but I guess it's different because because that was just like one time so I guess yeah I don't know if it's proper training like we did it here and there in school but I mean like you get some people that get really great proper training for public speaking Mm. and I, I think it's so amazing especially for someone like you like you know I think it's great that you're able to tell your story and and get people more excited about your work Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I'm yeah. glad to have you on the podcast <laughs> yeah yeah I'm really glad to chat with you and in a non-terrifying way just exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like a phone call with a friend <laughs> yes exactly perfect so tell me so you grew up here in Hong Kong mm-hmm. that's great and did you get to travel much or you were mainly always sort of just living life here um, or did you get to live abroad a bit as well well, I was born here and then when we were eight, so I was born here and then I went to local school here and like I was really struggling a lot in school because the school program is super strict here. So uh, my parents decided, well, why don't we move to Canada? So we immigrated when I was eight and to out into this really tiny town outside of Vancouver. There were like no other Asian kids at my school. There was like one um, and then me and then, yeah, so I grew up in Canada. And I came back to Hong Kong after I graduated university. Amazing. And how was it growing up being like one of the few Asian kids in, in the little town you were in? Yeah. Well, I think now, like, I love, now I love, like, Asian culture, Cantonese culture. Like, my all my work is about that, like, about the food and, like, you know, the star fairy and stuff. But back then when I was a kid, like... I was so new and I'm like just learning English. Like I felt it was so embarrassing to be Chinese. Like my 
pack me lunches like they'd be like noodles like asian stir-fried noodles like now it's quite delicious and normal but back then like kids had never seen that they're like oh my god are you eating worms and then like it's so embarrassing yeah but <laughs> but I now can... now yeah yeah but no, yeah but now how to be proud to be asian but before i was like oh my gosh like oh i just want to be normal <laughs> Oh, I can imagine. One of my close <laughs> friends, she was adopted into a family in Denmark, but she's mm. Korean. Yeah. And they also lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And they were like mm. the only two Asian kids, her and her brother, um, mm. like that they ever, you know, they only knew each Damn. other. Everyone else yeah. was so different. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine like what a cultural like um, impact that must have, you know. Yeah. And especially if you're adopted too, because you're kind of like, oh, like, it's so it's so like confused confusing because you don't even have your parents to explain like you know why why we're eating this food and yeah exactly yeah Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting topic like I I know personally well I never grew up in Asia but when I was Mm -hmm. 23 I moved to Korea yeah oh teaching English there uh, yes, I was teaching English for a bit and then I I ended up in the digital marketing industry Mm. But I must admit, in the beginning, it was definitely um, very odd, like being stared at a lot because you look different mm-hmm. or you can't really communicate what you need. You need help. Yeah. Like it, it was definitely a different experience. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not for everyone. Like I loved it, but yeah. um, it's definitely a unique experience. <laughs> totally. That's yeah. That's always something I wish that I did, like, um, like go teach somewhere like when I was younger and just to experience living somewhere long term like that yeah but I mean you technically did you're from Asia but you grew up somewhere else and like makes you very multicultural you know yeah yeah but I guess for me it was more like uh, oh because my parents like they brought me over so it was sort of like oh I'm just going with the flow <laughs> yeah that's true I totally yeah. get it so if you could go live anywhere for a year where would you want to go live um well actually that's one of my defining moments thing is um should I talk about it now or should we wait no go for it okay cool (laughs) so I think we're skipping ahead to the defining moments but um uh I so I saved up for like in one year I and to go uh move to New York City for for like six months and um that was a really amazing trip because I took I took like an illustration course there and like screen printing um and yeah it was just super inspiring just to live like town and like see everyone is so stylish and with because I went to the school of visual arts to study and then so it came with a free museum of modern art membership so I would just go to the museum like every day like it was just so inspiring that's amazing. So, so yeah. what made you want to go to New York to study? Um, and is that sort of what kickstarted your career in illustration? Or is that what inspired you to start your own illustration business? Like, how did that moment define you? Well, that was, I was already an illustrator then, but I wanted to like, because I'm a self-taught, because I studied fashion design. So I'm a self-taught illustrator. So I really wanted to like up my skills and um I always hear like artists saying they went to school of visual arts and then they're like um so I really wanted to just go and try it and I was I was like young so I was like you know I I should I should really just try this now 
That's amazing. And then after attending the school in New York, where did that lead you? How did that affect you on your, your journey to, to illustration? Um, well, I'd already been working as an illustrator. And then, um, so I think my work just got a lot like bolder. And then um, I think, I was, and I also got some clients that were in New York back then. I started, when I was there, someone approached me to like teach at a, at a as an art class there so yeah so it just like gave me a lot more opportunities and like confidence in my work that's amazing that's so great and how long was the course for that you did in New York oh six months you said you were there yeah well I was living there for six months but the course uh it was like so there was one that was like one month and then there was one that was like one semester oh, okay got it that's amazing yeah and, I, yeah. yeah yeah I think like if like I would definitely like recommend that like other young artists if they can like save up and do something like that yeah I think there's nothing as inspiring as getting yourself out of your comfort zone and taking a leap and trying something you've always wanted to do I think that's such a good way to to help define where you want to end up um, yeah in your process yeah for sure Awesome. So what was your defining moment number two? Like what's the biggest thing that happened in your life that really affected where you are today? Well, I think it would probably be um, my like thyroid illness. So that's kind of what started my whole. So um, I studied fashion design in university. And like when I was a little kid, that's always what I thought I wanted to be. Like, that's what I dreamed. I always like sketching clothing and stuff in my notebooks and stuff. Um, But when I first came back to Hong Kong, I got a job at a corporate, um, like big trading firm. And so I worked there for one year as an assistant fashion designer, but I didn't really like it. Like, I couldn't I just couldn't like excel at it like um, I just wasn't that good at it and then um, I was super stressed and very depressed but I didn't know it at the time I just thought like oh this is what it's like when you have a job you know it's just like a bit miserable Um, and then so I got very sick um, after one year and I actually had to leave my job and so I was just recovering at home um, with a hyperthyroid so uh, a thyroid is the gland in your neck and it kind of regulates all your hormones. I would get like super like anxiety and like just all my like organs were like working overtime. So I had to go and get um, um, like a radioactive treatment to like um, kind of, I guess, to kill off some of those thyroid cells. Uh, yeah, because I was like um, at home so much recovering I just started like getting back into like painting and drawing and posting I would post it on Instagram to like share with other people and that's kind of how I very slowly started getting into my illustration career that's amazing and then so how did you initially find out you were struggling with a thyroid problem um well like my so I don't know if you've ever seen someone with like a goiter so their neck is like kind of swollen Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so you might have sometimes seen people on the street like this and then so that started happening to me and then like uh, I was like oh okay like at first I didn't think it was a big deal like I didn't really know anything about it but then um my like I started like sweating all the time and I was like oh it must just be like Hong Kong really hot I'm just sweating all the time and then um I would just get 
a lot of other symptoms like that just like my hands were shaking and then uh, finally I went to the doctor and then they tested my levels and they're like oh my god your levels are super high and then they put me on medication at first and then uh, but then later we did the radioactive treatment radio it's like radioactive iodine treatment oh intense and how long did the treatment have to go on for before you were like completely healed from from the thyroid issues um so I think I was on medication for like a year and then like when I was on the medication it's like it kind of controls it but then they don't want you to be on that medication long term because it's not good for your body so after that then they saw that okay yeah you need the radioactive treatment and then that was that only takes like a week until you're like recovered like scientifically but then um like it really affected all my hormones and like I had like really bad anxiety and yeah so I think a year or two like before I felt more normal it was just a really slow process for me yeah that's crazy Mm -hmm. I've heard actually a few people that struggled with thyroid problems Mm. but I think because people don't really talk about it we're not really aware yeah like you know you can go on like that for years without truly knowing you have a thyroid problem so yeah I think it's great you're sharing the story and it's amazing how how that made you um get inspired and get into illustration more as well yeah I guess it's like it was the silver lining you know because it was such a horrible time you know to be sick you know um so yeah and I'm glad like I think uh the thyroid issues it happens to a lot of women but um I don't know why just people just don't just don't talk about it too much yeah it is strange I had a a girls chat the other day and we were all out for dinner and we started talking about like things that doctors have told us and things we're all going through and it's like oh you are too it's like (laughs) yeah it's just like oh we should talk about these things more because you actually learn so much from each other and you feel like you're the only person going through something but there's Mm -hmm. like a whole world of people going through it they just don't talk about it yeah yeah especially because you think like you know I'm a young person like why why am I like I'm sure like everyone else is healthy you know so yeah but actually a lot of people struggle with like health issues but yeah we just don't know exactly well I I feel like a lot of women I've spoken to their um, defining moments happen with something bad or negative Mm. and then it always has like a silver lining or it always helps you shift to see a new direction but that only happened because of that sort of unfortunate situation yeah Um, so it's interesting how that sort of balances each other out um for sure yeah yeah I guess it's like you're Mm. just cruising kind of like because before I was like I hated my job but I was still kind of cruising along so I kind of you need that like something that's just like totally disrupts you and then it seems really bad at the time but you have to try to find a way out of it exactly it just shows how resilient we are we always sort of find our way through through the mess of things of life yeah yeah awesome so tell us more so once you started with your illustrations while you were ill um resting at home um how did that then progress to where you are today um I think it was just a bit of a slow process. So like um, I mentioned earlier, the women from the Mexican Day of the Dead um, events. So 
I think I must have just met her at the net, a networking event. So like, as my illness started to get better, I would try to go out to more events and like meet people in the creative industry in Hong Kong. And then slowly, I would just get commissions that way. And then uh, just in Hong Kong, it's such a small creative community. So in one way, it's very good because word of mouth can spread quite quickly. And that was how I got a lot of jobs after that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, mm. I think like word of mouth is some of the strongest marketing tools you can have. <laughs> yes, for sure. Like it makes it like, like if a brand or whatever, they need an illustration. So they want to work with someone and then they uh, they want to have a good product. So if you can get like a trusted friend or uh, to recommend you, then they can be like, okay, we're going to get something good. We're going to hit the deadline. And then like my boss will be happy. So, you know, it's good for everyone. Exactly. It's a win-win. Yeah. It's all about relationship building. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about your third defining moment. My third defining moment is probably making that Hong Kong street food illustration. So um, before that, I felt like, oh, you know, I'm just painting like nice drawings, like pretty clothes and stuff like that. Um, and then after I went to New York, I was like super inspired. And then I thought I would make an illustration of like all the fun foods that I ate in New York and then but like as I was drawing it I thought like you know actually Hong Kong has like way better food so I started drawing that instead and then uh, I created the Hong Kong street food illustration and that's I didn't expect that to be so popular at all but um, yeah that's my most pop most best-selling print and then I get a lot of messages from um uh, like CBC, ABCs, like American born Chinese. And then they messaged me like, oh, I bought this print for my mom because like, uh, you know, these are all the foods that she would tell me about when I was growing up and like the things that we ate. So yeah, I'm just so glad that I made work that like connects with people. Yeah, I think as it connects with you and is close to your heart, it automatically connects with a whole lot of other people that, that mm. feel the same way. Yeah. That's great. So, um, and tell me, what were some of the tough moments um, while trying to start your your own business? Um, so, what did you struggle with? What do you recommend other people to do when they're trying to start their own business? What did you learn? Um, I learned, well, I think for me, because I kind of started in a weird way, because I kind of just jumped into it um, because covering at home so I, it was hard for me to know how to like maneuver the business world so I think if I would recommend for like young artists or young creatives that want to do this that they would um, they could intern somewhere or like work at in the industry that they want to work at and gain some skills that way then I think it would save them a lot of headache <laughs> Oh, for sure. Getting yeah. prepared. Yeah. yeah. So you wish you could do that. And and what yeah. else did you learn? Um, so did you, were you able to set up your own website? Have you been managing your own marketing? How do you manage your finances? Sort of what are the other things you, you learned along the way? Um, I think, yeah, so all of that stuff, I'm still like, I'm st it's like a work in progress because I did, I went to like fashion school. So like my business skills are like, they're not they're not great so um but actually one thing that really helped me lately is um I started like a ladies boss uh mastermind so a few 
so there's about 10 of us and they're we're all hong kong entrepreneurs and we all have like small businesses in hong kong and we get together each month to like share like tips and like our struggles and try to help each other build up our businesses and like that's really given me also like like just like insight on like how other people like run their businesses and that's really helped me so much yeah i think having the right community around you is so mm-hmm. important and yeah and that's how we learn from each other that's sort of the reason why i started the the daily dose podcast mm-hmm. is to learn and yeah. to build that community and be able to network with other women that are you know going through experiences and stuff like that so yeah. i think we all in different ways try to find that community to connect to us yeah it's so much better than just going it alone exactly yeah. it's so much easier just to ask for help <laughs> yeah but sometimes it's hard like um sometimes you don't know how to ask for help right because you don't want to like be like you're like oh like yeah you don't want to like reach out and the people would be like oh you know this is private information like, i can't share that so it's good to have like a community that you can trust to ask these things exactly yeah. exactly that you can be a bit vulnerable with. And and this also helps that if, if they're in the same boat as you, then they might have already learned it or they're learning yeah. from you. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So could you share, you've already told us, um, so your first sort of work that you love to do was with Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could choose any client out there, who would you choose would be your top first choice if you could ever work with someone um that would be really exciting for you to work with Ooh, that's a good question so i think i love to like just paint like beautiful faces so i i would love to work with like more beauty brands and then making like packaging for them so like 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 a lipstick packaging um or like yeah something like that or maybe have my illustrations like printed on clothes Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be very cool. I think that could always just be a progression of what you do with your your work later on. Because I, I met a really good illustrator in Korea. Mm. And she used to start with murals and then she yeah. did restaurants and then more branding. And now she started her own T-shirt line. Oh, um, oh you have so. to send me her like hands. I, so I will. It I will. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, but yeah, so I think it's like a natural progression yes um, for sure to go it's, that route yeah I guess it's sort of just like how like there's all these things I want to do but I'm like okay which one should I focus on right now like this month or like this year you know because um, as an entrepreneur there's only like you, you don't have unlimited time or energy to like focus so you really have to focus <laughs> exactly it's a, that's the hardest thing is prioritizing what now and what yeah later and what next yeah. week <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm the same. My computer's like with open with so many tabs. I'm like, wait, oh, wait, too. I need to focus. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, am I gonna? I'm like saving all these like articles to read later. But I'm like, oh my god, like, am I ever gonna read them all? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. So onto the last bit. This is a sentence finisher. Mm. So are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's go. Number one book I always recommend. Okay, this book is really amazing and really helped me out. Okay, so it's called The Defining Decade by Meg Jay. Uh, and so this book is about why your 20s matter and how to make the most of them now. And if you're like, okay, I don't have time to read a book, man. Like she has this really amazing TED talk um, called 30s is not 
the new 20s so it's just like really good um kind of advice on like how like as a 20 something you can kind of like get your life going and your business going um yeah and like kind of how to kind of achieve your goals and not like not be like oh you know I'm just in my matter you know but she's like saying that you know it does matter and like here's how you can achieve your dreams that's amazing yeah good suggestion (laughs) (laughs) yeah I really like that one okay cool um and then best financial advice I ever received okay that's this is a good one because like think about financial advice um so my financial advice is to invest in index funds. So um, as a creative person, I think it's really important to have like multiple sources of income, especially passive income, because then you can f- focus on your creative work and then also have something in the background. Okay, this is going to help me pay for a part of my rent. So I don't need to like stress as much and I can take on the projects I actually love. So um, start investing even you know as early as you can even like a hundred dollars a month or whatever um into these index funds and so yeah you can just google index funds and uh they just follow the stock market and it's a it's a you can it's a relatively safe and like straightforward way to invest and you don't need to be uh following the stock market or like reading financial reports and things like that very good advice. <laughs> um, cool. So the best decision I have ever made. The best decision I have ever made would probably be saving up for those six months expenses to go live in New York City and uh, yeah, take the courses and be inspired by the city. Awesome. Very good advice. And yeah. then last one, I will always be most excited about. Um getting new jobs and projects with like amazing brands that I love and getting to create like awesome new things. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. It's a good validating like, uh, like thought or like thing that happens to you when you get like an amazing brand that reaches out and it's like, Oh, kitty, we love your work. Like we want to work with you. Yeah, I know. I feel like every time someone says something good or positive about your business or services, it's just so motivating to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes like, I'll be in like, oh, I'll be feeling so like, oh, you know, my business is such a uh, plateau. But then like someone on Instagram will be like, we'll see something nice. And I'll be like, oh, my God, like someone recognizes my hard work. And it just really does like help me keep going. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I feel yeah. like the, that's why reviews and, and positive customer feedback is just, you know, especially for startups, mm. that's like what we need to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a small thing, but it really does help. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So before we started recording, um, I asked if you had any marketing questions for me. So if you have a question, please shout it out. Yes, I definitely have some questions I want your expert opinion on. Um as a small business myself, like I really want to find some like cost effective ways to like market myself. Um, so some people recommend like, oh, kitty, you should really do Facebook ads or like some people say you should hire uh, a freelance PR person to like reach out for press, uh, press interviews and things like that for you. Um, so, yeah, what would you recommend I do? What are the top like three, three cost effective marketing strategies I could do? Okay, well, if you're looking for cost effective, I think Mm -hmm. you don't need a PR agency. Mm -hmm. I think you can easily (laughs) do that by yourself. Mm -hmm. I think what would be important is put together uh, like a PDF 
mm-hmm. sort of kit about yourself. Mm-hmm. A mini introduction, your total amount of followers, the brands mm-hmm. you've worked with, um, mm-hmm. examples of your work. Yeah. And then I would send out emails with mm. this PDF to different mm. yeah. like press magazines. Kit. Exactly. Yeah. Do like a yeah. mini press kit. And yeah. then send that out to people and be like, listen, um, I'd love to work with you guys. This is my story. If you'd like to to write something with me or for me. Um, or you can have something pre-written and say, here, mm-hmm. here's something about me. If you need an article, um, please just tag me. And then as long as it lives on their page, yeah. you reshare it. It's additional visibility for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a- that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. Like when you say it like that, it seems so straightforward. But then in my head, I'm like, oh, there's so many like directions. Like which one should I do? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's yeah. not. Re- I feel like you could like I normally sit and make an Excel sheet list of like, okay, mm-hmm. which magazines would I like to be published on online? These are my top five. These are my secondary. Mm-hmm. So I email the top five first. And if they don't get back to me because they're too big, I go for mm-hmm. the lower ones, you yeah. know. Um, so just have like a mini structure and email a few people per day or per week. Um, but I think having that PR kit ready is mm-hmm. really important, especially to yeah. showcase who your followers are who you've worked with, what value you add. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that can be super helpful. Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice. That's cool. what I'll be doing this month. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then a, another thing I could advise for marketing without a budget um, mm-hmm. is make sure you're listed everywhere. So if, like, for instance, you're more in, like, arts and crafts type things, so mm-hmm. I would make sure I have, like, a really good Etsy account and mm. I upload on Etsy mm-hmm. and I'd make sure my Pinterest is updated and I'd make oh, sure okay. um, make sure I'm visible on Beyonds and all these things. So yeah. make sure you're on all the platforms mm. that's best yeah. for your industry. Yeah, um and then like you say word of mouth seems pretty strong for you mm. so maybe you could even do like a referral where you maybe send out a, a email you create a nice email um, mm-hmm. template and then you email all your past clients and your your current clients and you just let them know listen guys if you refer me to any of your friends i'm currently giving um x amount uh, of discount mm. um would love to any referrals would be super appreciated and thanks so much for the support in the past and then maybe they can be like oh yeah actually we have a project coming up or thanks for reminding us yes there's actually that's something so good yeah. So I think that's also really super helpful. Yeah, that's really good. Because like, sometimes it's just like reminding people that like, I'm alive, you know, and like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, hey, guys, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, we like your work. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And another thing, if you are going to run any type of like deal, special deal, like if it's a Mother's Day or a, and you're doing like, cute little cards for moms or whatever Mm -hmm. it is it's good to also obviously reshare whatever you're trying to promote on your social channels as well Mm -hmm. not only emailers Mm. yeah Um, I'd say that's good and then also I know pro bono work is not ideal but say for Mm. instance you find a brand or a KOL or Mm. someone that you really like and you can then DM them and be like listen happy to do something pro bono for you but then Mm. I just ask that you share me or talk about me on your channel and then maybe you create a little pro bono piece for them if they agree and then they mention you um so that's more your time but it also gets you some free marketing in exchange yeah yeah I think like KOL marketing is really works like um actually like literally last night um uh one of my favorite Hong Kong like 
I guess KOL creative um, Sam is home she like gave me a little shout out on her Instagram and like I already got like tons more followers from it so it was that was really nice of her exactly that's why I feel any type of collaboration like be it podcast blogs whatever it is you're doing you need to talk about it on social and tag them yeah because it just will automatically helps like um you know uh organic traffic and organic visibility for sure cool so yeah that'd be my tips for you yeah those are amazing (laughs) tips like I feel like they're super clear and like I'm I'm gonna I just have to like focus on doing those and then I won't be like overwhelmed yeah don't get overwhelmed (laughs) thanks so much kitty for joining us on the show today and sharing your defining moments as well as your amazing work and what drove you to start your illustration business please do support kitty by following her on her instagram and facebook channels i'll link it all in the podcast description and please don't forget to follow and subscribe to this channel so you can be inspired and listen to more female startup stories and the defining moments that help them get there.